Whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, hey, hey. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We finally got her. We got a takeover. Yes, we did. <laughs> it's the Gabby takeover. She's dodged us enough times. Starring your sister, my daughter, Gabrielle Fitzpatrick. Hello, Max and Tony listeners. Hello, Gabrielle. Wow. That was... I understand. That's how she entered. <laughs> I understand you're greetings, about to, Earthlings. Yeah, <laughs> I understand you're you're about to stage a coup. I'm staging a coup. It's a takeover. Okay, <laughs> get well, right on that mic, kid. Oh, all right. Can well, you hear me? Yeah. yeah. If you're gonna stage a coup, if you're gonna stage a coup d'état, yeah, you gotta get a coup. Coup. skills on the, on the mic. They hear you. <laughs> all right. Well. It's a pleasure to be here. Of course it is. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, where do we start? It's I imagine you guys want to embarrass me. For no, a, no. I, yeah, I, I, I do. I do. Uh, yeah, we'll get to it. Uh, I, I was thinking about talking about uh, what a lovely holiday we had and how many movies we watched. You know, you guys more than me. It's really hard yeah. for me to sit down and watch yeah. a movie now. Well, you know, we're yeah. in the racket. You know, yeah, we're in you, this yeah, business yeah, now. SAG member. Pulling oh, out my yeah, SAG cards. Yeah. How often do we pull out our SAG cards? Um, I don't think I've ever pulled out my SAG card. To well, I think, you guys I think Gabby has a video of us doing CTA it. It turnstiles. Uh. Yeah, no. no. <laughs> I spend so much Get time on CTA. Get the <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, no, uh, it doesn't, it doesn't work for a lot of things. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't really, you can pull that out at the bar even and it'll be like, eh. Yeah. My, co like, my cousin got, my cousin got that. My cousin's got one. He's spending extra never. in all the Chicago PDs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, never. I've never, I've never pulled out my card for, um, no, for clout. I, you know, one time I remember I opened my wallet to get ID out. Uh, to cash a check in New York, and somebody... Oh, whoops, is this my SAG card <laughs> No, 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 the teller How said... utterly strange. The teller said, hey, man, I just got my SAG card. So, so it was, you know, talking to another actor, and it was kind of a nice thing, but um, I remember, you know, I didn't know what a big deal it was to get in SAG. I got it in 1987 because I was in Married to the Mob, and they Taft-Hartley me in because I had two lines. Well, that's um, our health insurance right there. So it's pretty yeah, good. No, deal. That's, no, 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 no. That's that's your. No, no. That's your health insurance. Oh yeah, so. yeah. Once you turn twenty six, I'm out. I'm out of the game. I, I enjoyed. I enjoyed that's it so well. I enjoyed. Shit out of luck. I enjoyed like a year of that. That was it, of the SAG <laughs> health benefits. But I can always get back. I just gotta. I gotta get back in the game, baby. Don't worry, babe. You will. You know. Anyway, so uh, yeah, well, so anyway. we, uh, we we spend most of our holiday break watching movies because we get our screeners, and you uh, kind of not so much. I mean, yeah, I've been so I'm graduating in May, as you guys know. Yes, you are, and, and uh, you're very so focused been, on your thesis. Yeah, and I will be yeah, able to. We, That's me and my your new mother. thing. I I corner guys at the bar to try to talk to him about my thesis because that's like the the one thing that people want to hear about when they're slamming shots of Malort. Yeah. is uh, EU migration policy. Oh God, please tell me more well, about your thesis. Just know, just know the guy who's like, oh yeah, okay, cool, yeah, tell, okay, yeah, for sure, yeah. He is. Lion. He does not know what you're the talking. The lion sack of shit. Yeah. Um, because that's a lot of that's that's me. You know, I'm kind of I'm kind of re really happy that you're finishing school. Me and your mom will be able to have a relationship with our money again. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm I'm wow. really quite proud of you. Wow. You know? Someone get the shots fired. Yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, I'm I'm really quite proud of you. You've done all this work uh, with refugee rescue, and you know. An education overseas was was a good thing in your life, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, so one of the funny things, I think, uh, coming back is that people will frequently talk to me about, um, you know, say something along the lines of, oh, aren't you so happy to be out of America, away from all this Trump business, away from the politics, whatever. It's like, first of all, no, because I 
I occupy with my myself with that, and I and I could be anywhere, and I'll, I'll still be, you know. Really, yeah, and you're really you're really it. not uh, free of those politics. Absolutely not. Yeah. Um, I would say that in Italy, the groundwork for what's happening with with Trump right now was was set with Berlusconi. I mean, really, the day that he was elected, um, <clears throat> was he as onerously awful and insecure and baby like? As this asshole. Well, just well, yeah. Wait, describe Berlusconi because you've always described him and told stories about him. Tell us some stories sure. to give like this guy I mean, like a, a, a backstory here. His big, um, his big sort of the the last straw with him was uh, a couple years ago, or no, actually now close to about mm, yeah, like eight years ago, nine mm-hmm. years ago, he was caught um, having what he referred to as bunga bunga parties. Um, in which he was uh, having parties with, you know, strippers. Some of them even underage girls. So and he had a lot his of own cocaine, and he had his own and, Stormy uh, Daniels moment. He, oh, um, he had, you know, he had sounds the like whole a, ecosystem. Sounds like a sounds like an Art Kelly moment if his yeah. underage girls. I mean, and, yeah, and absolutely. He was he was grimy. I mean, Ooh. without a shadow of a doubt. And if you look at, you know, what Trump what's coming out about Trump and what he tried to what he tried to accomplish in running for the presidency mm-hmm. it really looks like he was taking a page out of out of um, Berlusconi's book not him maybe but actually Steve Bannon mm. who now yeah. is on a tour yeah. for all of Europe meeting with these emerging uh right wing parties that really are popping up all over Europe yeah it's um, scary yeah uh, i like you know, steve bannon when he's in play i don't like him at all but i mean I'm more comfortable with the idea of this uh, subhuman when he he is in plain sight. Uh, yeah, when I mean, he is not visible, I believe he is dangerous. Look, he's been um, he's been orchestrating a sort of global network of these far right parties for the past decade, and and so one of the things. Well, that's Berlusconi, what Breitbart that that was what Breitbart well, was covered for. Absolutely, absolutely, and and I think that. One of the one of the things that you can really say about Steve Bannon is he, um, you know, is and what he believes is so emblematic of what the new right wing really looks like. And if we look mm-hmm. at kids our age, me and Max, mm-hmm. um, uh, who identify as as right wing, maybe even as Republican, it's completely different from from what we used to know. I mean, yeah. even in the Bush era, in in the Reagan era, that Republican demographic really. St- staked their divide between them and the left on moral issues, um, you know, more likely to be Christian, more likely to be mm-hmm. uh, socially conservative. And now what we see yeah, but, but is a completely, if completely we go... different ah. situation. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's not going to happen. He's, gonna cut, um, he's not no, going to no, cut no, her not, off. Not today. Um, you know, we see something completely different and, and, you know, Republicans our age, if you look at these Reddit, uh, sites and you look at 4chan and you look at where a lot of that propaganda and a lot of those discourses are happening online, you see for one, they don't give a shit about Christianity. A lot of them actually have very hostile feelings toward, toward his Christianity. And two, that, you know, the narrative has really transformed into not about, you know, these moral divides, but about about whiteness, about race, yeah, nation, absolutely. Yeah, about yeah. about what is meant to the be other. ours and the and the other, yeah. and um, I think that's that's something that's definitely worth watching. And and Steve Bannon definitely so embodies that. Um, yeah, and manifests a white that supremacist. Sure. I mean, that's that's you know, there's no other sloppy Steve mantle yeah, absolutely. that I mean, absolutely. Works. And and if one of the things that has really really interested me you know throughout the past years that i've been studying and and as i've been really getting into um politics but also like international politics i would say that um narrative matters and it really really is is one of the biggest things that i think it's the the one way that we can talk about global politics that really could reach everyone because these narratives that are taking place all over the world, anti-American, you know, white nationalist, all of these things, they they put together a story that in, engages the reader and puts gives them a protagonist role in it. Mm-hmm. So to get away from the white supremacist narrative, you can look at groups like ISIS and Al-Nusra and um, 
and to a certain extent lately al-shabaab who have been taking uh, ad such advantage of social media who have used that as a platform to proliferate mm -hmm. their propaganda and and they really take advantage of not i mean it's not just you know conspiracy theories twisting these crazy things but they take advantage of real things that the united states has done you know real yeah. historical you know factors we provided a lot of ammunition exactly and 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 within that then they weave in what isn't true yeah. and and mm -hmm. they create this you know this narrative that that really helps people understand why they feel like they're losing and I think that that's something that you could draw a comparison with across the board from white supremacist groups mm -hmm. to Islamic um, extremism to, you know, all of these fundamental groups that are, that are emerging. Well, there's, there's this whole thread of zealotry Absolutely. that, that is, uh, has become more of the norm. They're not so much just out there on the fringe anymore. I mean... Trumpism and, you know, for lack of a better word, Bannonism has kind of dragged all of these Cretans to what most Americans would think of as the center. Right. And that frightens me. Yeah. Yeah, it's creepy. You know, sorry. No, 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 go ahead. No, I don't, I don't, I, <laughs> I, was, I just, I just had, uh, I mean, it really, it nothing. really has. And if you look at, I mean, I think. One of the things that's super interesting is how social media has decided to grapple with this with this extremism, and and with these accounts that that spread these messages. Because look, you know, and kind of use it to their own advantage. I mean, when I think of how the election was manipulated, you know, social mm -hmm. media it was yeah. it was supposed to connect all of us. And and the weird thing is, is I think it's made us all infinitely more alone in a weird yeah. way. Well, and all those bots, like, pushing exactly. for Trump. I mean, I mean, he had so many bots exactly. fooling real people. And and it's about also data protection. Because, yeah. look, and, and that's going to be a key and that neutrality in fighting and, extremism. Yeah. Because on one hand, you know, uh, it's talking about, it's, it's just what you said, is, like, it's better where we can see it. And, yeah, um, absolutely. And, you know, there is, there is that sort of, um, apprehension that I definitely have about Twitter's new algorithm that basically eliminates all the accounts that have, you know, pick up these keywords. Yeah. Um, and look, we run the risk of pushing these people into the deep web, pushing them into places that we're, where we can't see them. And then actually there is the idea that maybe we should be engaging them yeah. what and did providing you, this counter narrative. What did you think not too long ago about Alex Jones and, and all that getting banned from Twitter? And uh, did you think, what did, what did you think about that? I had pretty mixed feelings on he's it. A symptom, um, you know, he's I, a symptom. I think, I think I, I, it's I, a bad idea. I think that banning accounts on Twitter should only be justified insofar as, I mean, are they making money? Are they actually, you know, do they have links to where people can, to you know, send I, funds to these white supremacist groups or Islamic I don't know. terrorist groups. Like, I'm not. I, you know, I, I'm not totally sure. And mm -hmm. and so that I mean, I think if there's if there's like you know the funding just, aspect, yeah. that's something that you can block. There was something a part of me that was like, yeah, if you can't tune out of Alex Jones, there's a problem with you. Yeah, really. Like, <laughs> how, like how are you? You take one look at the guy that's like, oh Jesus, this dude. That's this seriously to day. the point where it's like, it's like, I understand he has a heavy influence over. People, weak-minded people, but at the same time, I don't know. Like, are those guys going to be the ones to to rise to the top? Uh, I, um, I just don't. No, no, they won't. Yeah, but they have unfettered access to weaponry, and that's well, that's Dad, what, that I mean, what, what, did, what did you what did you think when like when he got his Twitter back? Do I, you think it's Do you think it's a right? To, I'm going to tell you right something. To I'm to no. I don't. I don't agree with there's censorship. There's some, yeah. When they went, when all the teachers at UIC were calling to deny Trump the right to speak at UIC Pavilion, I railed against it on Facebook because, look, you you know. I want to throw a sack of quarters. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. I thought, I thought. Look, you, you can uh, disagree and disparage all you want what he has to say, but uh, the minute we decide who gets to speak and who doesn't, we've already crossed the Rubicon. We have already descended into uh, mm -hmm. 
another step towards totalitarianism. Yeah. But look, yeah. but look, and that's where this and, asshole's trying to take us. Because here's the thing: it's not it's not a simple conversation either. And and you know how they're deciding to sort of balance, you know, moderating and regulating inflammatory mm-hmm. content while still you know keeping the web being a free place. It's a difficult thing. I mean, yeah. Because again, look, these messages do reach people and it does translate into action we've Absolutely. seen it time mm-hmm. and time again yeah. we see it not only heather higher heather higher but you what know? about the christmas mm-hmm. markets in germany where where islamic extremists are, are driving trucks into groups of people these are people who were directly influenced going on crazy knife attacks and by, shit too really. yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. and yeah. these are like this is a perfect example of how unlightened content particularly particularly to, pardon me um to young people is super, super, you know, it draws them in. And if you look mm-hmm. um, in the European context, you know, you see young girls from Germany, from the UK, from um, the Netherlands, Sweden, Finland, the countries that you wouldn't actually expect. I mean, of course, the the, the big colonial powers, you understand how people might you know, have those grievances that turn into mm-hmm. these extremist views and, and stuff like that. And, and you can see the mechanics of how people can be radicalized. The, the really, really prevalent surprised when racism you... in, in France and in the UK. <clears throat> yeah. But then you look at the fact that the highest amount of these foreign fighters are girls coming from Finland, from Sweden. Where they from... don't even let people immigrate to. Uh, well, Sweden, no, no, Finland. No. Wait, hold on. Let's because let's back up. These are. I mean, it's uh, <clears throat> the Scandinavian countries take very few immigrants. They okay, so you know, so they do. Um, but that another a reason for it is because the whole policy has been rather than absorbing large populations of immigrants mm-hmm. to integrate them. So to slow, take them in a, in a slower way. I'm not saying it's a better way of doing yeah. things, but for example, in countries like Austria, refugees are given cell phones. They're given apartment, like apartment units to start off with. They're given, um, and, and things are right. But how hard, however, it, how hard is it to get in there? However, right? but yeah. also not only how hard is it, how hard is it to be there? You're in this super yeah. homogenous country. And yeah. in the end, these populations tend to be super ghettoized. And mm-hmm. then so you look. Yeah, like and, in Paris. And that's when... why, you know, it's it's hard to understand how this radicalization actually happens. Because mm-hmm. some people tend to go with this idea of, oh, well, poverty plus oppression plus this, you know, this racism in, in a society creates the perfect, you know, fertile ground for for extremism but it's really not that simple and that's where social media sweeps Mm -hmm. in because it's a relational thing it's not just oh i'm poor plus i'm mistreated by my government plus this that and the third it's who empathizes with you yeah it's kind of who empathizes with you and then yeah you know it could be simple as who you date and what they show you online and these things and these narratives they grow and then they're you know how how often do you go online and then one link needs leads to the other and then leads to the other and and mm-hmm. I know on my bird sites, on my bird sites, they're the most link happy yeah, sons of bitches sure. in the world. <laughs> and so you well, see uh, yeah, what yeah. this what this turns into is girls are seeing these ISIS propaganda videos. You know, they're from you know Bethnal Green in London, mm-hmm. and they're and they're 15 years old, and they're maybe second, third generation uh, Muslim Europe, uh, mm-hmm. Muslim uh, Anglo, you know, European, whatever, um, and and they they see this sort of thing that they can be a part of. And the UK has not done a a great job, nor have a lot of European countries done a great job of making a home for for not only just, you know, now the flux of migrants, but Mm -hmm. think about generations ago, the fluxes of Indian migrants, fluxes of Pakistani Mm -hmm. migrants, and all of that poor, you know, so many poor integration policies of the past have created generations of resentment and and of of group grievance mm-hmm. and so this is something that is so you know it's so multifarious and 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 really difficult but i think social media and and the relational mechanics of of how people are radicalized um it's really really an important 
thing because mm-hmm. it's it's not just in Europe. It's not just with Islamic extremism. It's also with white supremacy. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. White supremacist groups. I mean, that's, that's, yeah. that's a part of the house we, we as Americans can try to keep clean. You know what I mean? That's yeah. that's the thing we can speak out against. And, uh, and you know, I, there's always this... I, I keep running into guys saying uh, who are Trump people and they, they always open their conversation with me with what you don't understand. It's like, right. mm-hmm. it's always like, you know, you, you are the ignorant one, not, not us. Um, we need a wall. We need, you know, it's, it's more of this xenophobic, uh, you know, uh, fear of immigrants, fear, fear of the other, um, America's not going to be white anymore. Uh, and they use yeah. other words. They use other words for it, you know. Uh, immigrants, um, minorities, urban, you know. I mean, there's all kinds of white guy buzzwords. And when, when I hear yeah. them now, I call people on them, you know. Right. Mm-hmm. Hey. And and it's made me very unpopular in uh, <laughs> among, among, you know, many, many people that – we both know, okay. I'm sure. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, it, Gabby, when uh, <clears throat> you're done, guy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, so so I'm, I was just saying when you when you when do you ever do you ever compare and contrast Ameri- you know our problems where it feels like you know it, it, despite you saying like you do still obsess over over American news and politics and and everything going on here. It, you still get to get away from it at points and not get stuck in the the circle, right? And yeah. do you think that we're too stuck in our circle and we don't pay attention enough to international politics and 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 policies and stories that are going on over there, or do you think we we kind of have a right to be stuck in this rut right now that we're in, where everything is just around us? I feel like is really just kind of American based, cyclical, and it's, it's a I feel like sometimes spiral. we make like. I oh, mean, the immigration the problem is on the news our problem. The racism is our problem. And it's like, you go outside, it's... You go outside the U.S., it's it's everywhere. It's there. Absolutely. I, I mean... Do you think we... I don't know. But I can't help but feel like we're stuck. And we can't stop thinking about ourselves. Look, the circus... That's a really good observation. I mean, absolutely. The circus that you see on the news, I mean, yeah, they make no time for international co- politics mm-hmm. unless it... You know, I mean, absolutely. I think um, as far as what the news is reporting, um, what sort of conversations are being had about politics in general are super limited to this Trump shit. And it's like I actually, you know, didn't want to talk about Trump at all in this just because, I mean, when do you get to hear about anything else? And so but but one of the things actually that for me is one of the biggest threats right now to American democracy is the, the small, small, very important things that are just being taken away while we're looking, while we're looking at the big orange baboon on, on yeah. the TV, mm-hmm. you know, the degradation of unions, the absolute, you know, assault on public education not, that's, that was attempted we, we've by We've been Rauner. a witness. We've been a witness to that here in Chicago. Absolutely. I, I mean, mean, I've I been mean, writing about that for seven years. The charter schooling, um, is, an absolute. I don't care how many great charter schools there are. Are there in Chicago? There, I, I feel like I haven't heard of any. Well, okay. I mean, there are um, is some it? successful charter schools, but yeah. we also have to look at how their success is measured in comparison to the rest of other schools and how they yeah. dilute the the funding for public but education. Isn't it weird that like still the best Absolutely. schools? In this city, our CPS school. It's Absolutely. not weird. It's not weird at all. That's how it should be. No, it should. It should. But at the same time, it's like they've cut our funding so many times. It's like you'd think one of these schools is going to fall down in the ranks, but it keeps. You got Rom to staying. thank for that. Like, it's it's bigger than Rom because this is this is something that um, if you look at Indiana, for example. Uh, what has happened to the public education system there is absolutely a model of what could have happened here. And you look at the statewide population of kids who are in charter schools, which is 3% of all kids, right? And you've got a 
or, or sorry, yeah, so 3% of all kids. Then you look at Gary, Indiana, which is an 84% black city. You look at mm-hmm. Marion County. You look at South Bend, Anderson. These are all, uh, for example, uh, in Gary, Indiana, 42% of the students are in charter schools. And for all of the charter schools that have popped up in the past couple decades, you know, bought out these failing public schools, completely swept in, you know, they're, they're gloating about how many we've opened and how many this. And then you look. 24 of which, which is almost a third of them, have been shut down. And this translates into kids being shut, you know, shuffled from school to school, you know, which can be detrimental to their education. And then when and, they're 16, they quit school and they go to the street. Right. Uh, well, but here's here's the bigger picture is that schools should not be treated like fast food franchises. And while public schools are tied to the public, to the people, charter schools are tied to the market. And they're just going to yeah. keep shuttering and popping back up so long as there is, you know, a profitability, a cost benefit analysis and all of these things. Not to mention. the It's complete... a feel good story, too. Well, that... well, look, it's just like these, you know, these charter schools, they're coming into places like, you know, Gary, places like Nashville. Look, a couple of years ago, they went into Nashville, the superintendent, the school board election, whatever. This candidate they put up for the public school superintendent, they spent $70,000 on the campaign, on a campaign that they used to spend three to five grand on to, for, you know, for, for a couple posters. Gave me the up. chills. Right. That gave I me mean, the chills. And that's what they're doing. And it's all for, you know, it's money from out of state, from these 501c4s that are operating in Wyoming. And they don't have to say where their money is from. They don't have to say where their money is exactly going. And it's so murky. And guess what? Our public education money is being diverted into these. And yep, there's a guy yep. who's who's trying to fight all of this um, in Indiana. And of course, I'm going to forget his his name right now. Um, but he has actually been trying to prove that this this money is coming from white nationalist organizations. Yeah. yeah. And I I can't. Okay. So I I, I can't. Google, 100%. just Google men from Indiana yeah, fights gonna, white national organizations. You know, this it. is part of what happened in New Orleans. Uh, the organization, actually, if anyone wants to do their research for whoever's re- listening, is called Stand for Children. Stand They're all over children. the United States, Philadelphia, Chicago, Boston, um, it, Gary, Indiana, all over Indiana. We'll um, include a link on this podcast. Absolutely, and they're based out of Wyoming, um, but some of their funders are, you know, enormous the, the Walton family, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that, I mean, there is so much obscurity when it comes to this organization. And, mm-hmm. and they're just dumping money into every single black county in the United States. And I mean, like... These are like these are things that that while we're looking at Trump with his fucking wall and his f- just all yeah, of all of the circus, it's these these corporate entities are just you know wiping you know wiping our democracy up. I mean, just yeah. absolutely eliminating it. You know, and you look at again. I spoke about the unions a little bit. Um, Another example of Indiana, like the right to work laws where, you know, employers mm-hmm. can just hire and fire you whenever the fuck they want. One of, the cor- that- one of the cornerstones of democracy is being able to bargain collectively Absolutely. to better your lot in the workplace. If you, I'm a member of three unions. He's a member of a union. If you look at, if you look at the most successful, the most healthy democracies in the world, which, okay, I'll say... I would say that Sweden, Germany, you know, these two countries are really great examples of, of, you know, movements that were created along occupational lines to, Mm -hmm. to unite people and the, you know, unionization, if anyone is listening, who's not part of a union, who has the opportunity to be, get in there Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. this is, I mean, we need to start, you know, we need to start um, reinvigorating the importance of this on uh, within absolutely you know, young Agreed. people. We don't talk about it anymore. Like our, no. you know, everything we, all of our successes, all of the things that we enjoy are owed to unions. Yeah, and and, and politicians came along and demonized them, and 
the the deal is is that with unions the one guiding principle is is that the best assets you have as a working person is the collective is each other you know and uh you know, I mean, in Chicago particularly, four men went to the gallows for the eight-hour workday. Yeah. yeah. But where, where do you think that comes from, though? Like, this loss of knowledge of unions and, and like, like when Chance was doing the alderman thing, like, nobody knows about aldermans, nobody knows about unions, nobody knows about well, na- politicians. Neighbor, neighborhoods and, and all of that. What, where do you think that, why? Why? Well, <laughs> Sorry. well, you know, you guys, when Rahm Emanuel was elected, his opening gambit was to break the Chicago right. Teachers Union. And you know what? He didn't break the Chicago Teachers Union. They broke him. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They handed him a I remember the I remember proud, the walkout yeah. protests oh, in absolutely. 2010, and I had an in-school suspension, and I never, they were keeping me in there, so I couldn't go out, and I always felt like I was... A loser. Well, <laughs> no. it's like, Unfortunately for the suspended. walkout, I had already, uh, yeah. had oh, already yeah. left. I, I already I started the walkout. Walk, <laughs> I started the walkout. When, when Gabby was in Lincoln Park, she used to walk out every day. Yeah, it was like, a, yeah. you know. Can we talk about Can we talk about Lincoln Park a little bit? Oh, yeah. Cool. She walks in the front door. She walks out the back door. Five minutes later, she's on yeah. Clark Street. Smoking Newports and eating flaming hot Cheetos. Well, let's oh, talk. Let's talk about kind of the public school that I've kind of briefly touched on it sometimes, but like the selective enrollment process. Like, I'd really like to give a, a nice like fuck you to that because that's just such a shitty thing to put on thirteen-year-old yeah, kids going through going through puberty. First of all, like, and then you place this weird pressure on them that's like, oh, um you are also in the most important year of your academic career because this determines where you go to high school. And this high school is going to determine where you go to college. And guess what, kids? College determines your life. And it's like, talk about narratives. That narrative Mm. is such a fucked up narrative for a kid to face. Tell me about it. And... Well, you didn't have to do selective enrollment. You know, you know what would be an interesting comparison. Sonny, Sonny, you did Catholic school though. You did Catholic school. They were they were telling me that shit in eighth grade. No, I know, I know know that. I know. What an interest an interesting comparison would be almost like, you know, charter schools versus public schools to what is like Uber to taxis almost like, you know, the public part of what's going on with our public education too is that nothing is fucking changing like our curriculum yeah it's just, really you know, sad country nationwide I like want, look at this curriculum that yeah. we have Agreed. i don't mean I to mean, i don't mean to be one of those assholes who's like i went to whitney young but i went to whitney <laughs> yeah, young yeah, yeah. Co- no 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 but you're he was selectively involved no 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 but i want to i do want to get into this a bit because i mean you were you were so much more qualified than me academically and just and just to to no. go to that school than me no gabby you were i got in off of appeal but look um, my grades were were not i mean my grades didn't tell no, anything your, special your grades were okay they weren't any better they weren't you know yeah, they, but they they, they weren't, weren't like okay it doesn't cut it for whitney young no but you got like a higher score than i did yeah in the in the whole thing of it and it's like it's just because this competition started to arise during your phase of, of like schooling. Like I don't know, I don't know why your age group got so much more competitive than like because my age group was competitive to get into those schools. But is this making sense? Yeah, we you sorry. Know, this is we tried I just to enroll you. Silence. We tried to enroll you in Whitney Young and Peyton and, and well, and I there just, was something really interesting. Well, here's the thing: you got it. You got into Lane. And I remember, yeah. and this is what it's all. I talk, almost went this is what there. the story's all about. I was like, man, I remember you were like, it's either Lane or LPA. I go, go to Lincoln Park. <laughs> and yeah, honestly, well, my, I wish I would have just said, go to Lane. The minute like <laughs> Joey Toronto and Dante Valenzuela and all those guys decided they were going to go to LP, I was yeah. like, I'm, I'm sticking with my, with my boys. <laughs> yeah, I almost, um, I almost went to Lincoln Park because you know I was, yeah. I was not gonna get into Whitney Young at the time you know what's funny uh or what's really interesting and I'd never thought about this in the sense of um you know high school but so Malcolm Gladwell 
really great sociologist. He wrote Freakonomics, The Tipping Point. He's Blink. doing a pod, yeah. a Blink. He's doing a podcast now called um, Revisionist History that is absolutely phenomenal. And he did one episode about um, about colleges in the U.S. and the sort of. Uh, metaphor that he used was this economic theory actually that he took from this book that had been published called The Numbers Game. Hey, hey Huey. Huey, you, <laughs> Huey got locked away. Right, I was waiting for him to bark. Um, yeah. I was waiting. So anyway, Huey so, makes his podcast appearance. Right. Right, so sorry. it's called The Numbers Game and basically he, he's talking about our our co- our university problem in, in the U.S. in the sense that what we do is we treat um, we treat schools, our school systems, like. Are you done? Okay. We treat our we treat our universities like basketball when we should ra- mm-hmm. we should actually treat them like soccer, in the sense that basketball is like a superstar sport. So you know you can have a, your bench. This players, is a really impressive have, analogy. You know, what the fu- how do you, how have, do you know about sports? So okay, well Malcolm Gladwell. <laughs> Wow. So he's he's saying, you know, okay. you have your superstar players, which, you know, in our in our university context is like Harvard, Princeton, you know, blah blah blah. They yeah. cost a lot of money for yeah. teams, blah, 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 you know, so on and so forth. And in the sense of Chicago, it's kind of like Whitney Young, you know, Peyton, Northside, yeah. those are our superstar players. But 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 it should let me say be, something about those schools after you're done. I'm so should, sorry. Right, right. It just, should actually be treated like, you know, his, the point he makes is it should be treated like soccer. In that you are as good as your weakest player. And I think that Chicago should, you know, our education system should be seen as good as our weakest school. And if mm-hmm. we look at it that way, we've got a lot of fucking work to do. And just in the same sense of, because the whole story was about this guy deciding to, you know, donate like a hundred million dollars or some insane amount of donation, which now is commonplace to all of these big universities that are sitting on enormous endowments. But you know, back in the day, it was unheard of, and he decided to to donated it to um, some random, you know, engineering school in New Jersey that was kind of for shit. And he mm-hmm. made it a really great school, and they used that money to expand, you know, their uh, ability to reach more kids. And then you look at like Princeton and Harvard, who have these, you know, million, multi, hundreds of millions of dollars in endowments Mm -hmm. and they're not spending it on expanding. They're not spending it on being, on trying to reach more kids, on trying to give more financial aid to kids. Are they spending spending it it on uh, superstar programs? They're spending it on buildings that will, that will probably be used. They're probably spending it on students at a time. Didn't Northside and I hate Northside. What, uh, didn't they yeah, get we some? play Radiohead during the passing periods because our uh, <laughs> it's like because our stress levels get too high during testing and finals. Yeah, really? could you imagine walking no, through the hallways and it was like? I had a, I'm sorry, I, I like par- Radiohead. I had a part time <laughs> kid who went to Northside, so just a straight up asshole. I, I Years ago, you know, I liked him. Uh, I liked anyway, him yeah, too. yeah, no, no. <laughs> okay, we got to cut that out because everybody knows what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I don't know, maybe not. I don't think he listens to this. No, he won't, but um, he won't, <laughs> but but still, no, not to try, but the what I was gonna say about those elite schools or whatever, it's like I get a cringe when I say I go to Whitney Young because it's like. People use that as leverage to like. Must be nice. Well, no, no, no. But like to like to like boost themselves or whatever. And it was just a fucking high school. It's. I don't mean to be. Yeah. Like denouncing it. It definitely had its moments where I was like, "This is a great place. It's a cool but, school." I but, thought. But mm-hmm. but I felt like a kid at any neighborhood school could have flourished there because those schools are designed to take care of their students and like provide you with everything so mm-hmm. as a kid who didn't get in at first i still i still did better than all of my friends that got in before me right. first try well wow. because it was like i took advantage of everything to be a good student but also it's just like like it doesn't matter you can well, like i feel like because the, it does I, matter to us even though you're i know you're saying you don't 
want it to matter, but it does. Like, what do you say to someone when you meet someone from Chicago? After a couple pleasantries are exchanged, you're asking yeah, them what yeah. neighborhood Where'd you, go to, Where'd you go to high school? Because yeah. it's like probably the such second a determinant question. Like, yeah. it actually does have these sort of implications yeah. on but I hate, maybe you guys But have I hate the implications. It, right, exactly. I like, hate them. Oh, you know, yeah, you know I, the oh. tongue-in-cheek look when you say you went to LP? Like, I, I, gotta, you know? I gotta tell you guys something as your father. Um, you you both went to Chicago uh, public schools. I think you both got great educations. And you know what I'm proudest of is that in this family, there are three people who have degrees, your mom and you guys. Well, you know, I'm the family dumb fuck. Soon. You know? Um, well, yeah, but what I'm saying <laughs> is, what I'm saying is, is that ed- education is, uh, man, it's a silver bullet. As far as uh, all that is wrong with the world, if you spent as much money on education as you did on defense, you'd have the next hundred Nobel Prize winners. You'd figure out the environment. You'd figure out climate change. Um, you'd figure out the national debt. Uh, it's absolutely the uh, the thing that uh, elevates any culture. Yeah, and this is what's access exciting to education. about... Yeah about technology and and i actually sat next to this guy on the plane back here his name is santosh and uh i don't know his last name but he is from singapore his family moved there from india um 20 no sorry like a generation ago so his parents moved there from india and he's working on 5G right now, like the, the development of it. It's going to drop in South Korea, I believe. I think it actually just did. It's 5G as in like there was 3G, now there's right. 4G. Right, 4G, now there's 5G. What's, fi- what's 5G going to be just super, super quick? So it's so it's insane. He was explaining Can to me all Can you guys explain of, what... Well, you know how it says LTE in the in the corner at, of your phone. Yeah, that's the, the internet phone, speed. Dude. That's that's like the oh, okay. quality of internet. You get the, LTE the sometimes fiber, 4G. You know whatever. I don't yeah. know. I'm out of my realm. But um, one thing he was saying is like um, the 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 technology that's going to be able to come from this is amazing. And he's talking about how they've already started to utilize it in Singapore. So, for example, trash cans they notify the trash collectors when they're full because they waste labor by going to collect, you know, trash cans that are half empty. So instead of having people go out and just like do the rounds, they get a notification from the trash can when it's full. And then they just, you know, go and take that. Mm-hmm. Also something called Da Vinci. The Da Vinci surgery, basically oh, it's, oh, it's, you know, a robot performing sh- surgery on someone while a surgeon is doing it remotely. So they haven't, they hadn't been able to perfect it until recently within like half a, half a millisecond or something of delay. Because of um, 5G? Able because to... of 5G, they're going to do that. Whoa. But also Cambridge level education in Somalia, you know, Whoa. things like that. This is like what, you know, and you're saying, and I'm talking to this guy from Singapore and he's talking about all these incredible things. And he was talking about Singapore too, which sounds like, you know, just like the tech mecca like brilliant place they're doing brilliant things um and i just wish that kind of talk was happening here and and you think about what's distracting it and it's just man it's we you know i know that this country used to dream about building things like that achieving things like that and it's just it's gone mm-hmm. i mean i don't know i don't know that it's gone but you see these innovations that are coming out of countries like singapore countries like south korea and and um it's it's incredible i mean 5g yeah 5g on that note g this has <laughs> been this has been an amazing are conversation yeah we're not done yet. I have to. I have <laughs> no, to. we are actually. Um, this has been an amazing conversation. <laughs> what I want to do, wow, Tony is, strikes is, back. Is pick I it think up. He's got to go to the bathroom. I do too. That too. I really do um, too. Yeah. yeah. What, what, he's getting what, that stress look. Exactly. On his face. exactly. I, I have to go. I have to go too. Dude. Drop the boys off. I'm wondering at the pool. who's going to get to that that bathroom first. No, I want to continue this. Yeah, we there we should we, be a part two. 
uh, yeah, I would like I to have Gabby yeah. as a correspondent because because uh, there's got to be more LP story. Like, like there's got to be more. There's got to be more stories. I didn't get to tell, tell the an story. LP story. Hold She's on, so hold on. much smarter than us. Wait, wait, wait. Can <laughs> you we? Know? Can you tell an LP story after we go pee? Just, just do we? Yeah, have, but do we have. We, do we have? Do we have? We got five th- minutes. Three I'll, minutes. I'll part two. Nah, nah, you can't get away without an LP. Something. A, all right, a all good right, one, all right, all right. I got one. a good one. Hold on, hold on. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to win. You guys are going to go pee. Barrington well, and I'm, the boys well, then or I'm something. Gonna, oh, uh, man. Well, then I'm going to go have a cigarette if everyone's peeing. Oh, wow. Uh, uh, you, you have to pee, too. It's going to be two seconds. All right. This We're is an hour with out, Chris right? Bat. Elon Musk. Let me get the pen. I'm Elon Musk in, in the last. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I want a Elon Musk too. I'm Elon, Elon Musk. Did you ever find it? No. Elon Musk freaks me out. I kind of like that Joe Rogan Elon Musk. It was good. All right, guys. <laughs> you ain't Elon Musk. Back at it like a crack addict. Back at it like a crack addict. <laughs> that wasn't me. That's in the word. That's in the words of um, Two Chains. Two chains. Is it? Yeah. Okay, we're rolling. I got it like a crack addict. Lincoln okay. Park story. All right. So I'm going to close this out with a, with a Lincoln Park story. One of my all-time favorites. How long was your career at Lincoln Park? <laughs> you know, just long enough. Okay, that's great. That's a perfect answer. Okay, continue. Um, Sorry. So, all right. I'm just not going to change the names because I don't think they're going to listen to this. But, all right. So, there's a girl... Uh, went to Lincoln Park. Her name was Igo. She was a um, she was a Mongolian girl whose parents owned a Japanese restaurant in which all Koreans worked, and she loved the Chicago Bulls. This girl was always sporting the snapback with the hologram tags, and she always had. Mm-hmm. I mean, she was always decked out in like all basketball gear, right? And uh, she particularly loved this snapback. Um, and you know she would kind of she was she was a big girl you know she would come come past by me and Jason Barrera who's one of my best friends and partners in crime at Lincoln Park, and uh, we, co-conspirators you know, actually yeah co-conspirator we whenever she would pass by us and ask us for you know a hit of our blunt we would be kind of scared shitless to say no so we'd give it over she'd be like thanks you know that was some good shit and then just keep on going go to the next bench ask the next <laughs> people who's smoking. <laughs> And so, uh, but she would give everybody shit. She was tough. And um, there was another kid named DQ. And one day, DQ's got this uh, this other snapback on of another team. I forget who it was, but Igo wasn't having that shit. She really wasn't. So she goes over to DQ, and in the hallway, she snatches it, right? Runs into the girl's bathroom and shoves it in the toilet. That's just the kind of that's just the kind of justice that I go used to dish kinda out cold. to motherfuckers. Right? That's kind of cold. Wow. What 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 right. hat could that have been? The Miami right, Heat. Right. 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 The Cavs. I don't know. I, I gotta. You know. I Kind of like how you act when I, I wear my Warriors hat. But so so that she, hat is so. That, she 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 does this right and and so like by by the next period everybody knows about it you know so (laughs) yeah i goes shoved dq's snapback in the toilet yeah and um so dq decides he's gonna take his revenge when she's outside he runs past her snatches her snapback right off her head Runs into the bushes and takes a hot steaming dump into the snapback. Oh I kid you oh, not. You can ask. There are witnesses. It happened. So he dropped I go, a deuce. He dropped a deuce in her Chicago Bulls hologram tag, still intact snapback. And so she, you know, war. This was war. And so by by seventh period, these guys are rolling up. They're all in like you know. They're all in cars. It's like seven buff ass Mongolian dudes rolling up across the across Lincoln Park, Oz Park, coming to give DQ his justice. 
And, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm standing there thinking like, this is like real life Gran Torino shit. Hey man, Honestly, when you're, when you're a jet, you're a jet for life. Right? So, so, you know, they come, they come, they're walking across and they've got baseball bats in their hands. And this is really where you lose any empathy for their side. Cause you know, they're coming to high school to beat kids. Wait, with wait, 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 wait. Is this bow squad? No. Oh, no. no did they, cause you remember brothers. when they, you remember when they came with the bats? Oh yeah. Okay. Sorry, sorry. And they still got their ass. Look, it's a yeah, bad idea to show up to Lincoln park with bats. Cause you're more than likely to get it <laughs> taken away taken, and used yeah. on you. And that's what, or no, that no, was no, the decidedly the fate of these yeah, kids. They didn't, well. come, they didn't come, they didn't come with bats. No, they did. They did. No, 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 no. The, uh, I thought they were going to high school. The the Bow Squad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They came came empty-handed, and then they faced people with bats. No, no, no. They came with bats. Okay. Okay. Can we finish this? Well, I just I remember something else. The end of the story is it's it's an unfortunate for you know for Igo's for Igo's big gang of brothers. Unfortunate for them is that the, the way that Oz Park is set up is you can see anybody coming. You got like 10 minutes to get together an army because you can see him walking apro- across that big, muddy, patchy, you know, dog shit yeah. filled peel. It ain't, it, it ain't Mongolia. You know? No, <laughs> I mean, like, you don't you don't have a lot brush, of cover. Right? There are no <laughs> mountains to fucking hide behind. You know? And like, so by the time these guys reached the fucking DQ tin had a cavalry, man, they didn't were already he? getting their asses handed to him. DQ mm. had more than a cavalry. He had a, I mean, he had, man, he... He's the new Genghis Khan in this situation. He he just took those guys. So the moral of the story is if DQ shits, wear it. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I want to shout out DQ and Ico Ico for, uh, yeah. All right. Hey, you know what? We're going to definitely have a part two and probably a three and a four and a five whenever uh, your sister, my daughter, decides that we need a little more educating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gab, thanks for being our guest on the Max and Tony show. Yeah, thank you so of much. Course. Long, o- proud long, of you. long awaited. Long, yeah. long overdue. But thank you. you know? All right, kid, take us out. Cool. Hey guys, this is Max Fitzpatrick of the Max and Tony show. We just want to thank you for tuning into our 60. 60- fourth episode the gabby takeover sponsored, the gabby takeover sponsored by forbidden root beer next time you're in chicago check out their brewery on 1746 west chicago avenue big shout out to Parkwalk productions chris bat home of the max and tony show don't forget to check out adventureland gallery in the dime showroom at 1513 northwestern we are currently showing Max Unter Hasselberger at Adventureland. Unter Hasselberger. Uh, Tony, Tony Fitzpatrick was nice enough to give himself an extension on his show. Yes, he was. At the dime. <laughs> Funny how that yes, works. he was. Yeah. yeah, so please come by and have any burning questions to ask Max or Tony. Need to burning. catch up on some old episodes. Then go to the maxandtonyshow.com and tune in next time for our 65th episode.